0: How old do I have to be to have my own phone? Well the current generation of parents is having to make many, sometimes high-risk decisions about the liberties and freedoms they are offering their children. Raising Joyful Children in an Angry World, a podcast dedicated to faithful parents navigating their families through a stormy culture. This is Raising Joyful Children in an Angry World, and I'm your host, Paul Osborne. Before we ask, how old do I have to be, or how mature do I have to be, we need to answer a more difficult question, and that is, what is biblical freedom and biblical liberty, both before the fall and after the fall? Our children need to grasp, what is Christian liberty, as we extend more freedoms to them? A parent is going to have to rely on a scriptural understanding and not the culture. The culture, particularly in America and the West, has a tremendous sense of confusion, and it interchanges words like independence, freedom, and liberty. We've moved from an independence from the government of Great Britain to our own government, and liberty was the state of not being harassed by the government, and freedom and rights were constrained by not infringing on others. But we've imported all kinds of ideas. Uh, Today's culture is seeing largely autonomy and independence and elevation of the self. Many years ago, the Rolling Stones, in their freedom song, sang that they were free because they could do what they want. Miley Cyrus, not too long ago, in the song, We Can't Stop, sang, this is our party, we can do what we want, was the refrain. And there was a whole bunch of things that they could do what they wanted to. And that kind of attitude is really about autonomy. Autonomy. So I think we've got to be careful about the modern culture and, and the way that it handles freedom. Give you an example. You've heard the saying, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. That was Admiral Grace Hopper, who was discussing cyber war and the necessity to have the freedom to act quickly. And she was talking about the slowness of the approval and the need to do something good to act fast. Now in today's culture... We're using this same phrase to justify instant gratification. Be very careful about these cultural understandings that are in our music and really in our political system and then the things that people voice about. Biblical freedom, we've got to understand what is free will, that's the power to exercise the freedom of choice. What is freedom, that's a state in which we have choices. And then liberty, from a Christian standpoint, is both wise use of those choices and a a being free from the tyranny of sin. So first, I want to I think it's important to understand what was freedom before the fall, because this is what people are so desperately trying to obtain, something that actually never existed. Never did God give us his creation total freedom and autonomy. He said, you can eat the fruit of any tree but one. In the garden, in the beginning, freedom had a constraint. We never had total power. So it's hard to know exactly how all those freedoms work, And but we've got to be able to distinguish when are children asking for liberties that fall within Christian liberty, and when are they demanding autonomy, which is a rebellious spirit. I also think that parents, we've got to be careful sometimes with the language. This is your room. You can do whatever you want. Or this is your money. You can buy whatever you want. And it's unintentional, but sometimes those kinds of statements feed the child's autonomy or desire for it. Now, once we get to the fall, the bad news is that every one of our children is contaminated with original sin. The concept now of free will, the power to choose what is good and what is wise, becomes a slave to sin. When we ask our kids the question, didn't I just say not to do that? Why did you just do what I told you not to do? It's called the sin nature. Aquinas talked about it, believing that it was something that was subtracted, a, something that was removed from the privation of humanity, something we lost luther and the reformers would have argued no the the will became in bondage to sin luther's book the bondage of the will one of two that he considered his most important i think is a better explanation of what is happening but all of them aquinas luther augustine and faith fathers all of them understood the effects of original sin had been passed on to our children and it had an impact on the free will and the freedoms that had been corrupted. And sadly, many in the church kind of lack this understanding. It's one of the reasons in the the more apostolic traditions, you will see that baptism of infants is a sacrament that begins this washing of original sin, the infusion of grace. Christian freedom in the gospel is very different then I think most people realize. We, We sing the battle hymn of the Republic, that Jesus died to make men holy, let us die to make them free. But that's not correct. Jesus died to make men holy and free. A simple reading of the scriptures is constantly talking about him unbinding us and setting us free. And we'll talk about some of those. So freedom comes from baptism and faith and understanding the word. And as we move into our Christian life, this process of restoration and sanctification and true liberty from the gospel is what we are offered. And it's freedom from the bondage of sin that enables us to make wise choices when we get those liberties and freedoms. Paul said it this way, all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. J.C. Ryle taught, blessed is the man who can use Christian liberty that does not abuse it. So too often, I think, though, when we hear those things, we think, "Oh, I see. It's a rational decision. I'll just spell out in my parental leadership. Oh, see, if you do this thing, you'll be blessed, and if you do this thing, you'll be harmed." And as Pascal says, "The heart knows reasons that reasons knows that reason knows nothing of." So we got to start with the concept that God is about setting people free. I told Moses. Go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. It was not a request. He didn't say, please let them go. He said, let my people go. God is sovereignly involved in setting us free. Who were his people? They were the Hebrews who were in slavery. The Gospel of John says, if the the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Romans 8.2, through Jesus we have received the Spirit which sets us free from the law of sin. See, wisdom is not going to be found by being back under the law, but it's going to be actually because there, there's no joy in legalism and handing a rule book, but it's actually trusting in this gospel, in this relationship with God, who loosens the power of sin that binds us, who works on our inner parts, who does his work in our souls, in our hearts, and begins to work on the spirit inside the child as they grow. It's almost better understood visually when Denzel Washington, Man on Fire, rescues a child who's been taken captive, or in the recent film, The Sound of Freedom. The soul and the heart have been contaminated by original sin, and they have been bound up. That will has been bound. And I also want to say, don't expect this to be easy. We are fighting for our children's souls in this concept of helping them being set free by introducing them to the gospel, the word, and the sacraments. Now, the modern church, I'm afraid, tends to underestimate the damage that sin did to our desires. That's why Luther talked about this bondage of the will as being such a significant book. Aquinas and Augustine on these issues of subtraction, I think it's a little more difficult to comprehend, but it's not when you understand the word the bondage. And frankly, there are lots of times where the word uses the word luo, which is the Greek word to loosen, to set free, to unbound, as Lazarus was untied when he came out of that tomb. This is what we're looking at. The Hebrews were set free. God is in the business of his sovereign choice of setting people free, and it is the theme throughout the scripture. When we reduce the effects of the fall, when we elevate our leadership skills, when we trust in the power of reason beyond reason, we're going to end up in a therapeutic church at best and probably buried in some sort of destruction, uh, rebellious destruction at worst. Children will gain liberties at various stages of life regardless of how well we pick the age or how well we figure out maturity. Uh, I'm not saying we don't do that, but And I'm not trying to be condemning of the Christian family. I think we have to be careful not to diminish these church fathers who who so intensely debated the effects of the fall on freedom and Christian liberty. In the book of James, in verse 19, and I'm going to summarize this, um, he really takes this on. He says, be a listener, right? The world says, listen to yourself. Anger does not help, he says in verse 20. The world says, fight. He says, get rid of the words of wisdom from the world and and its immorality. Plant the word. The world says, load up on our wisdom what is morality. He says, comprehend in verse 22. These words are not just for hearing, they're actionable. The world says, ignore them. Or is that what they really mean and questions them? recognize that the word planted in you has given you a new identity. Don't be like somebody that looks in the mirror and forgets who they are. He is saying you have been transformed into somebody, and your children are being transformed into a new identity. Remember your baptism. Remember your faith. Remember the scriptures. Remember the gospel. The world tempts us to become what we are not. And then he says, look to the perfect law of God that gives Freedom—the perfect law of God that gives freedom. That when we take God's hand, and He takes us back, back to the Garden life, to build on the perfect freedom, and to live out and act in righteous ways, and be blessed by it. The world's going to say, "Hey, that stuff that takes away your freedom." No, no, no. You need autonomy, despite all the evidence that is contrary to what the world says. To be free, Jesus has to set you free. To use your freedom wisely, you need to care for the soul. You need to protect the heart, which means placing and feeding the Word and leaning on the Spirit and inviting the Spirit into your children and keeping them under the teaching and sacramental care of the church. This is what recognizing true freedom and liberty are and they have to be part of this equation. So when our son or our daughter says, how old do I have to be in order to have my own phone?" The answer is, you've got to be old enough to recognize what Christian liberty is as we extend these freedoms. We've got to recognize how well we've fed and understand the scriptures, and how dependent are you on taking God's hand and trusting in his perfect law of freedom. The ultimate battle for the heart and soul is a fight for identity. Our King invites our kids to know who they are, what to believe, and where they belong. Until next time, let's remember the words, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.